Hello, everybody, and welcome to Those Who Pod, Episode 6, presented by MGO Dow. My name is Reese, as always, here with WD and Pilliam. Fellas, how are we doing today? Doing great. Doing great, especially after that recruiting news last week. Pilliam? We got Jaden Davis! I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, I won't scream for them like any other pod. I just wanted to... <laughs> get it out there yeah no i'm hype i'm hype we got Jaden davis so and there's a lot of other news going on so exciting time is the best of times and the worst of times to be a michigan wolverine it truly is and luckily finally the best of times are happening to the football team um so yeah Jaden davis commits to michigan football on friday five-star quarterback obviously uh took his time and made the right decision and now he's on board so how do we feel about this wd uh, it was a long time coming, and just thank goodness that it happened because I, it would have been another 2023 situation if we whiffed on this guy. Uh, Kurt Campbell, MVP. Um, <laughs> thank you for doing crimes, Matt Weiss. Um, yeah, that 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 is just, uh, he, you know, that, and I mean that his commitment was just great. Uh, I already like the kid a lot, and uh, I think he's got a really good head on his shoulders, so I'm really excited about the future. Well, you, Pelio. Uh, yeah, no, like first and foremost, you know, he seems like a great kid, all in all. I mean, you know, really great commitment. I am totally having a cramp in my foot. That is not a way to start this pod. Oh man. Okay, I'm back. Uh, we're rolling. Crazy. I just had banana too with some potassium. I, that's how you stop those. You know, like that. That is that is not fun. Okay. Uh, so shout out to Ron Bellamy and Kirk Campbell for uh, getting this recruitment, getting this done. Uh, you know, to the family. I mean, he seems like a great kid. You know, like a lot of great role models around him. Like, I mean, I've never really seen a commitment like that. I'd say it was very cool to kind of hear him talk and, you know, really learn about the kid through like just, you know, a few minutes. I I feel like I learned a lot about Jaden Davis as a person. So I'm really excited with, you know, who the who the program is going to be led by in the coming years. And he has all the physical tools to make himself great. And he seems super committed. So, I mean, it's the type of kid you want at your school. I mean, I I, I couldn't be more happy that we got Jaden Davis. Uh, you know, this is the guy for us is the guy that wants to be here and a guy that seriously wants to put in the work and be great. So, I mean, I'm, I think he'll kill it here. I mean, I'm super excited for what he's going to be able to do here. Absolutely. Uh, it feels good to, you know, go after someone for so long and we got him. Um, and yeah, he seems like a great kid from his commitment video and, uh, excited to see what he does in the maze and blue. But, uh, yeah, we uh, before he gets on campus, we do have a season coming up, and that season kind of kicked off over the weekend with the spring game. Um, so yeah, Mays takes home a thrilling twenty-two to twenty-one victory over the blue team. WD, was your first reaction about this? Uh, so I was there, um, freezing my butt off, um, and with fifteen thousand other people, uh, it was it was a good crowd. I mean, all things considered, for the spring game, I know. In a couple of weeks, we're going to hear from Ohio State fans about how they have a huge crowd, but the seating was restricted and the weather sucked. So, and also, it was spring game attendance is kind of a useless flex, anyways, especially when you've won two two straight Big Ten titles. Um, but uh, yeah, that that was a really entertaining game. Uh, I really liked what I saw from Benjamin Hall. Uh, he had a hundred yard game on the ground. That was that was great. Uh, and then I was very impressed by some of the transfers that got out there. Ernest Hausman led the uh, Mays team in tackles, and he had a tackle for loss. And Josiah Stewart had a sack and a couple tackles for loss. So he looked; they, those guys looked pretty good. They looked like they're ready to go. Um, just nothing but positive from from that spring game. It looked it looked very good. 
And no, most part, most importantly, no injuries. Right. But you, Pilliam? Well, first and foremost, want to say, hey, our guy, us Alex Orgy fans, we 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 got to see him ball out. Um, you know, I think what he kind of showed, you know, this weekend was a hey, you know, he is the weapon. I, I think some, you know, myself and some other people's, I think. WD is also, you know, can come come around to this opinion where he's kind of the offensive weapon I think he can be. So, I mean, I, I would love to just see him on the field. I don't know, as a quarterback, as, you know, you could put him as like a weird, like wide receiver, tight end, you know, kind of hybrid, kind of like a Taysom Hill is kind of what I was kind of thinking. I'd love to see him in that role or, you know, a fourth down quarterback for dives. I, I want to see him out there. I think he's an incredible athlete and I think he's a special player potentially. So really want to see more Alex Orgy. Super impressed with Ernest Hausman. I mean, I thought he was all over the field. Uh, caused that uh, fumble on Tuttle. And Tuttle had a nice, nice game as well, I thought. He, he played pretty serviceably. So that's pretty cool. I'm, I'm pretty happy with the quarterbacks for him all in all. Um, like, let's go back to Hausman. I mean, just tackles all over the field. Forced fumble. I mean, he I thought he really made a really good impact. And then we'll kind of switch over to the running backs. Benjamin Hall was another guy that, hey, you know, a guy that uh, I haven't heard a whole lot about for a little while. But, hey, here he is. Uh, he, he really – he looked incredibly patient. And with a running back, I think that that's probably the most important trait you could have is ball carrier vision, you know, just being patient, waiting for the hole to open. And that's what that's what I saw in spades from him. Uh, so that's super impressive for, you know, a younger player. And it's a guy I mean, I, I wouldn't be shocked. He gets a lot of touches now this year because of that. I mean, that was super impressive just how he was reading the field. Uh, so incredibly impressed with that. Uh, Want to shout out to O'Leary as well. I thought he had a really nice uh, spring game. You know, he made a lot of nice catches. That comeback catch over Walker was a really nice play. Uh, Walker still looks pretty young out there, but I mean, hey, if there's a staff that can get him turned around and really turn into an elite player at that position, position he's just transitioned into, I think it's the staff. So I'm not, you know, down any of the corners yet. Uh, I, I want to shout the defensive line, especially Kenneth Grant and Stewart. Uh, Kenneth Grant, it's going to be a, a other Big Ten teams are going to have a massive issue trying to guard that guy. And when we throw Mason Graham next to him and you have Stewart next to him, and then you have someone like, I don't know, if we throw Jenkins or, or McGregor out there. And also I want to shout out Harrell as well. He had a very nice spring game as well. I mean, the entire defensive line looks extremely dominant. Uh, I, this, I, I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but but I see the potential. Like, I mean, I'm not going to say this team is like 2021 Georgia, but it may be the team closest to 2021 Georgia that we've seen in, you know, since 2021, but like probably in the last five years, I, I think Kenneth Grant might be that level of player. Like that, that that's that's just entirely my opinion. I know that's kind of overhyping, but I I think he's a truly dominant force. And when you really watch him closely, every play they had to put two guys on him. That's going to be huge for guys like Stewart, Harrell, McGregor, Graham. That's going to be massive. This defensive line unit will be better than advertised. I mean, I I think this unit will be better than. It was the past two years, which is really impressive, considering the players that have come through here. So I couldn't be more excited for uh, for that position group. Offensive line, it's, it's a little tough to judge them right now, just due to the fact they were all jumbled up through the spring game, cutting the you know half teams. Still, wasn't you know considering how good the defensive line is, I'm not particularly concerned with anything. Uh, you know, it's kind of hard to play out of a without you know synchronization in the offensive line. So that's uh, nothing crazy. Uh, quarterbacks, I was happy for Jack Tuttle's putting out there. Uh, JJ, I'm not really worried about what was going on. I thought he had some really nice throws uh, this weekend, which I really want to see as long as he stays healthy and stuff like that. I, 
I still believe the, the guys who were talking Jake, uh, Jack Tuttle to start over JJ, get real guys. That, that was, a that was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Like let's, uh, let's get real. But, uh, so pretty impressed with that group. Like I said, orgy, I already waxed poetic about him. Uh, Davis as well. Uh, I thought, Hey, you know, Davis Warren, nice, nice little, uh, nice little spring game. I know that he's kind of being billed as that next kind of play uh, quarterback up in that kind of transition period between JJ to Davis. But I, I, I think I'm firmly team orgy after this weekend. Uh, I, I couldn't make a joke, uh, but uh, <laughs> I also want to shout out the tight ends as well. Uh, I, I thought they played really, really well, especially Barner. I, I, I thought he really came out and really played well. He's a really tall kid. I didn't really realize how tall he was. That's going to be super helpful. Uh, yeah, I mean, I thought the safeties played well as well, uh, pretty, played pretty well as well. I mean, all around really good performance. The only group that, you know, kind of looks young and has to be expected was that cornerback group. And I mean, I, I expect him to get better. I mean, Jane McBurrows looks huge out there as far as physically. Uh, you know, he's a guy I can I can really see coming a long way. So I mean, I'm pretty uh pretty happy with what I saw in the spring game. Obviously, you don't see a whole lot, but you know, you see a lot of young guys ball out. And you know, who was the last guy I wanted to shout out? Was it Franklin, the running back, number thirty four? Franklin had a good game. I thought Franklin had a nice game as well. I, he runs hard, and I, I like court. So running backs, it's, it's one of two guys. You got the Benjamin Hall patient type of running backs, or you have like the Joyke Bell. I'm not, or uh, or like Blunt type uh, type of running back where it's like I'm just going to run you over, and I'm just mean. And I, I like those running backs as well. So seeing Franklin out there as well, I thought he had a really nice little spring game as well. So really, over came away very impressed. I think my biggest takeaway was mad. This defensive line unit is going to be absolutely insane. I mean, I, I think they're going to be crazy. So that's kind of what I'm taking away for now. But, uh, I mean, very excited for the rest of the season to happen. And I kind of want to pose this question to you, WD. How's the, how's the scoreboard looking? Oh, they're uh, – so the, the one in the um, – I believe it's the north end zone by the student section. The frame is up. Um, so you can get a really good idea of the size it is, and it just dwarfs the other one. Um, so the south end zone, they haven't started adding on to that frame yet. Um, it, it's going to be very, it's very wide. It looks like it almost stretches end zone to end zone from when I was in the stands and it'll definitely be improved, uh, viewing. I, I really hope the sound system is better than what it was. Cause it's these last two years have been brutal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was kind of coming in and out and stuff like that. It was pretty tough. And then, I mean, a bigger screen too. I mean, even the screen was starting to go on the scoreboard. The, the one that was just, just demolished, uh, it was really starting to hang on for dear life towards the end of last season. Uh, I think the picture I got of the scoreboard in the last game of last year against Illinois, it was like malfunctioning at the end of the game. So it definitely needed to be replaced. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited to see it. I, I try to drive by it uh, once a week to see uh, just how far the progress is along on it. But yeah, very exciting. Awesome. I, I do want to put this on record. We got to have bricks around that, uh, that scoreboard one day. I'm just saying. I want bricks around that scoreboard. Oh, that'd be cool. I'm just saying, just like a base of bricks, just like kind of leading up to it. It looked really cool, guys. I'm just saying, if someone knows someone in the AD department, I'm just saying, a couple of bricks. Bricks aren't expensive. Those will look very nice. All right, I'm sure we can make that happen. Yeah, yeah, we'll get that happen. Yeah, that'll be yeah. the the yeah. line ward manual from my from my lips to, to God's ears, aka ward manual. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, the obvious takeaways from the spring game, Ben Hall, the next Mike Hart, uh, Alex Orgy, the next Cam Newton. Like, those are the obvious things that anyone could see. Um, but, yeah, the defense, 
uh, is kind of what I want to talk about because I do think we just have like two starting front sevens. Um, and it's just going to be fun to watch what these guys do. Like you were saying, Pilliam, Kenneth Grant, you put him next to Mason uh, Graham. Um, they're going to cause some problems this year. Uh, the DBs uh, had some picks out there. Zeke Barry uh, picked off Tuttle on a bad decision. Um, Quentin Johnson had a pick. Jair Hill picked that one off. That was a it was a free play, so it doesn't really count. But um, yeah, a lot of guys made plays. I think uh, McBurrows, you know, whoever wins that second cornerback spot, obviously probably the main question mark on this team. I think whoever wins that is going to be solid. And actually, yeah, I mean, they kind of picked on Walker a bit in this game with O'Leary. Um, we'll see how he's able to progress into the fall. But I could definitely see McBurrows uh, coming out with the starting spot. To start the season, at least, it may take a it may take a while with Walker. We'll see. Yeah, that was something I was kind of that was probably the one kind of not so good takeaway I got was Walker definitely looks like he needs some work. Um, I mean O'Leary, I think he had like 126 yards receiving. I mean that's that's crazy. Uh, <laughs> I mean you know he he's probably a good player, but I mean he's not scholarship or anything. So. Um, but I, I did like what I saw from McBurrows out there. Both of them wearing number one was very confusing for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is weird. I don't know how I feel about that. I'm going to be honest. I was kind of surprised they put them on the same team. Yeah, that too. I was like, oh, well, why, how is there two blue number one uh, corners on the same team? <laughs> yeah, even Jake Butt and Devin Gardner, I think, mixed them up once. I think oh, and McBurrows then another play. Another moment that caused a, a frenzy in the uh, in the small crowd that we had there was uh, the announcement of Cole Cabana getting in the game and getting carries. That has happened in two separate that. plays. I was like, whoa, what? Yeah, I know. Which was, yeah. of course, not Cole Cabana. Yeah, it was Danny Hughes, who, was also, who also wears number 24 and also plays running back. Not confusing yep. at all. These, uh, the NCAA, these uh, numbers are kind of getting out of hand. I won't lie. <laughs> Well, they're they're battling for numbers right now, so I'm sure they'll get figured out by the time the season starts. Oh, uh, for sure, for sure. Walker may have to go back to number four, or McBurrell's have to choose a new number. We'll see. I'll say I like number four. That's kind of a cool number, you know. I do too. Underrated number. Yeah, McBurrell's does look good in the one. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, he fits his one. He's always been one. I want. I kind of want Walker to stay at four because four is just a cool number. I just yeah, I, he can pull it off. Not everyone can pull off the four. I agree. But yeah, I think my first takeaway, the first note I wrote down was it was good to see NHG out there yeah, uh, after kind of a mysterious injury all season. Glad to see him back out there. And yeah, our linebacker depth is the best it's been in a long time. Yeah, I was starting to worry if we were ever going to see him again, just just with how there was no word on what the injury was and how long. And there was some chatter that he might be out for spring this year. It was great seeing him out there. Uh, and that's just another weapon defensively that we can put uh, out there and he's got experience on a championship team from two years ago so that's great it was just great seeing him out there uh yeah i mean <laughs> it's another piece i mean i kind of forgot about him to be honest with with last year you know because he wasn't out there but that's just another uh another gear to the defense and I'm, I'm very excited about him coming back i mean i've always been like i think of the of the three of us i think i've always been the biggest nhg uh you yeah, know, believer. I've always been the truth here with NHG. I think he's a baller, man. I think he makes such a like a, a, a strange impact on the football field with how rangy he is and what he can kind of do athletically. So I mean, I I, I really want to see more of him. And, see, and I, I I agree with you guys. I'm glad you guys brought him up. 
I'm, I'm excited to see him back on the field. You know, it's, it's really nice. We didn't really hear what the injury was last year. Um, so that was obviously really scary. But, I mean, hey, really happy to see him back out there. And I think he can make a real impact on the team. So, I like, I agree. I think this linebacking core, I, really, this this defense, that front seven is just crazy. It's just a crazy front seven. Yeah, I'm having a hard time. I mean, I was just kind of thinking of, like, a, a depth chart post-spring. I mean, who's, who's the like, the starters? I mean, there really isn't a starting four or three for the, the defensive line. I mean, you really got two first-team units there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think you'll see Mason Graham out there right away. Um, outside of that, though, I think, yeah, it's pretty much wide open. It's, it's a rotation anyway, so uh, everyone will play. But, yeah, I think I think they just have two full defensive lines and basically two full linebacking cores. Which is always the best thing to have. I mean, just as far as depth and just as far as, you know, keeps guys fresh on defense. That's super important. So, I mean, I think it's awesome. Yeah, you can't have too many linebackers, and obviously Colson, kind of the star of the linebacking group. But yeah, you got a lot of young guys. Uh, Jimmy Rolder, someone to watch out for. Uh, Ernest Hausman, obviously coming in. Then you got NHG and Mike Barrett holding it down. So yeah, a lot of rotational players. Be good. I mean, even even special teams, there was some good stuff out there. Seeing uh, Tommy Doman get out there for the first time, and he had a couple very nice punts. Didn't really get to see him. Uh, didn't really get to see the field goal game at all. There was not a field goal attempt in this game other than extra points. So that, that'll be something to, to think about during the off season. I mean, that's, I mean, that's a big, uh, offensive weapon we had with Jake Moody. I mean, he was money from pretty much anywhere. So, uh, that's definitely something I'm going to be keeping an eye on who's going to take that starting kicker spot. Yeah, I did notice a shaky extra point attempt. I did. Uh, yeah. I think it was the last one. And, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I kind of wonder if, you know, Harbaugh kind of leaned on Hoop Moody a lot last year than more than he normally would have with a kicker. And maybe if we'll, uh, you know, use that fourth down strategy a little more where, you know, it's third and eight, maybe we run the ball and set up a fourth down. That'll be Alex Orgy's feasting time. That's where Alex Orgy comes in. That's exactly there were, right. There was a run by Alex Orgy, and I, I forgot who was trying to stick him on the sideline, but I, I'm maybe it was Derek Moore or something. But... He just it's ran into him and just was went Moten. straight down. I think it was Moten. Moten, that. Yeah. It was yeah. Moten, yeah. That, then Derek Moore was off the side after talking to him. But, uh, yeah, I've never seen a quarterback do that before, where a guy just tries to deck him and he <laughs> he, could, he takes the worst of it. we got to get Orgy on the field. you got to find a way to get him incorporated. I mean, that he is, he is a weapon, secret weapon. Yeah, he yeah. kind of did the, uh, the Levert Hill smack talk while you're still on the field to play, too, and as he's like, <laughs> walking out of bounds could have got some more yards but i digress hey i love it man i love it i love alex orgy man i think he's so good I, I i really do i think he's such a baller and i mean we didn't bring up Derek moore as well he had a good he had a good spring game too i mean there, there were a lot of good performances this game i mean there really were Derek moore looks like i mean it, it's so hard to project this starting line this starting the d line but like it feels like Moore is a guy that, sorry to interrupt, but it feels so like go he's going to be one who's going to, yeah, be one of the starters. Agreed. I think he is too. I mean, I, I think I'd put, I think I, right now, I think this is Chilean Pilliam's top four D lineman, uh, you know, just who I think is just going to start. I could put Moore, Grant, Graham, then on the other side, I've got Stewart on the week. I think that's it. No, Chris Jenkins. Hey, look, the, the mandible's great, but uh, you know it's 
he's 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 a he's an excellent i don't know he can kind of sub in wherever i think he's so valuable as a substitute he's kind of hard to bring in and i, I think stewart just brings so much speed as compared to like moore's power that like it, it works incredibly well and then when you have kenneth grant and uh mason graham sucking up so much room in that those two guard spots i i, I think having that kind of balance of speed and power off the strong side being the power and the weak side being the uh, the speed. I don't know. I, I think there's a lot there. I think that's personally what I would go with right now. But uh, that's Chilean Pilliam's top for uh, the starting defensive line for now. I didn't even mention Jalen Harrell, who's been kind of a starter the past few years. He's he had a great hey he had a great spring game. And I really like we have honestly our backups and maybe even third string would be a better starting caliber than the majority of Big Ten teams. And the third string would probably be solid starters everywhere else in the big time. Like, that's really impressive. Like, it, like, like I'm not trying to overstate it. I'm not trying to overhype. Like, I really do believe this. Like, it, it really is that impressive. Yeah, so going into last year, the defense was kind of a question mark. And I remember saying, like, you know, every time we, we uh, underhype the defense, they always end up pulling through. But this year, it feels like the defense is – um, you know, just returning a million starters, and it's pretty much a, a known quant- entity at this point. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's going to be one of the best units in the nation for sure. Agreed. But all right, moving number one. I'll moving say back it, to I'll Orgy. Number one? Oh, no, no. I, I, Alex Orgy is number one in our hearts. But uh, okay. the defense will be number one on the field. I'm going to say it. You know what? I'll put it out there. You know, th- this is this is March, uh, no, April. Sorry. <laughs> April, uh, April hot takes, but I, I think I think this is it. I think this is the number one defense in the country next year. I think you're looking at them. I'll say it. I have to agree. Yeah, I'm not even. I'm not trying to be biased. If if, if our Michigan Wolverines were terrible, which you know has not happened at the time of our pod, I would be the meanest guy ever. But like, I, I'm really that positive on this defense. I I, I think they're going to be so impressive. All right, you heard it here first. And, uh, yeah, did want to go back to Orgy a little bit. Uh, We did not see him throw the ball too much in the past, so it was nice to see him put the ball in the air. And he had that nice throw to Fred Moore um, for, I don't know, what what it was, like 20, 25 yards. Uh, And he also had, I think, a touchdown pass to A.J. Barner. So, yeah, good to see him throw the ball around and, you know, use his arm a bit. Yeah, I mean – Orgy and JJ, those are the only guys who threw touchdown passes in the spring game. Hey, Jack. Hey, Jack Tuttle made some nice plays with his legs too. Don't 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 let him fool you. All right. And then I mean Barner, AJ Barner. That's another transfer I forgot to mention earlier. I liked what I saw from him too. Uh, it was it was definitely interesting seeing him and Tuttle. Uh, just you can tell there's definitely chemistry between them. Obviously, having been teammates at Indiana. Uh, and that seemed to be his favorite target. Yeah, and even like we saw a little bit of Matt Hibner. He had a nice little game. So obviously tight end room is pretty stacked, but I think they'll be pretty deep this year too. And I don't think Max Bredis had even played, but Not yeah, we, there were a decent amount of scratches this game that I wasn't really expecting. Um, like Tyler Morris was someone I was looking forward to see. I don't think I saw him out there. No. CJ Stokes was another one. So yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't read too much into the uh, the Peyton O'Leary and the uh, the Ben Hall just yet. I think those are guys that have potential, but um, I mean definitely stepped up, you know, when called upon. But a lot of guys didn't play in this game, so um, yeah, I guess good to over good to overreact a little bit. It's fun, but 
uh, be, I'm, I'm sure we'll see a little bit of them this season, but probably not too much. Page next Megatron. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it would be cool to have him like have a be like have a nice like walk on breakout wide receiver though. That'd be great considering that might be our weakest room as of right now. I'm sure we'll see him out there, kind of like Nate Shanley a few years ago. Um, you know, he'll he'll catch some passes, but um, I mean, we do have a solid starting wide receiver core where it's going to be tough oh, yeah, to break into there and get, get too many catches. And I, I do think Tyler Morris is going to get a lot of catches. Obviously Cornelius Johnson and Roman Wilson are going to play a lot. So um, yeah, I kind of, kind of wish we saw Darius a little Clemens more of Darius, well. Darius Clemens. Yeah. Um, I kind of wish we saw more of him, but he was, he was targeted a lot. He was, just yeah, he was out there. Yeah, yeah. He was covered a lot. So, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't look too seriously into it. I think, I think they kind of know that that's the big guy they got to cover just due to size. Yeah. Another guy that wasn't out there uh, was uh, A.J. Henning. This is true. Yeah, he was yep. not out there. And Mike Sanders still. A lot a lot of guys out. A lot of So it was kind of a cool experience to kind of see guys you may not often see, like a Peyton O'Leary. Yeah, always good to see those uh, backups get some time and have some fun. And, uh, yeah, that brings me to the next point was just uh, some good vibes. Uh, I enjoyed the, the end zone celebrations. Uh, Donovan Edwards having a great time dancing after <laughs> – uh, the first fumble, he's just like pointing and dancing. Uh, I was I was really enjoying that. So yeah, very good vibes. Feels like a confident team. Yeah, they're dangerous when they're having fun. That's for sure. I, I think that's true with any team, really. You know, you can tell these guys they love playing for each other, and uh, the program is in a very very good spot right now. Probably the best it's been in my lifetime. Um, I mean, outside of '97, but I was very small when that happened. But, uh, yeah, I'm very confident going into this next season. Yeah, even, like, J.J. throws the pick, and then he's smiling on the sidelines. So it's uh, a little more loose as compared to last year where, you know, it's two quarterbacks battling it out. Uh, maybe a little less uh, a little less tension in the, in the quarterback room this year, hopefully. And hopefully that'll help and carry over for the rest of the team. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it really is a – seems like a really fun environment you know i, I can only think of uh, all the recruits that probably want to play here because of that so it's going to be a be an interesting couple of couple of weeks and months kind of leading up here so you know and then so, i mean I, I i have to think that jane davis announcement had something to do with the spring game being the next day i mean just have that positive oh, buzz i was considering that too i thought maybe that he would be at the spring game that they would fly him out or something uh, i had that theory in my mind prior to the game Obviously, it didn't come to fruition, but I mean, it, there's a chance. There, there, there is a chance. I, I just, I don't know. I, I think it was just kind of circumstance. I mean, I feel like Jaden Davis has kind of been committed silently for a while. Yeah, I think he may have scheduled his uh, commitment to line up with the spring game, perhaps. Potentially, potentially. I mean, I, I thought it was a little too early this year. Honestly, I'll, I'll kind of, I'll kind of say it. The spring game. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I'm not up there right now. So, I mean, you said it's pretty cold, but I mean, like, I think a bit of a warmer spring game, like, you know, kind of a late April is kind of what I, I would always, you know, kind of prefer. I, also, no take, I kind of want to get out there. How would we feel about like two spring games? We also have a summer game. It's funny you mentioned that. Um, so, this is April 1st. That's the earliest the Michigan spring games ever happened. So, you were yeah. right thinking it was early. Um, back when the university was on trimesters, uh, this was back in i believe 1964 and prior um the spring game was played in like may 
because people still had classes in May back then. But then in the, I believe it's 65, they moved to the, the two semesters and then it started being in April and it's been ever since. So I always kind of wonder that too. Why don't they have it later? Um, and it seems like Harbaugh just doesn't want to drag practice that far into April. It seems it's like it's always been in early April since he's been here, since we've had like a public spring game. Uh, so that just might be his kind of thing. But yeah, it's, it's, it is kind of too bad that it's always played in usually bad weather. Um, I've been to every spring game since 2009, pretty much. Uh, and, and 2009, that was like the only year where we had like truly spring weather. <laughs> I wonder yeah. if it's so uh, when if someone does get injured, they can get him back, you know, as far ahead of the season as possible. That's probably what it is. I mean, it. I, I know it is cautionary, but like I've always been the fan of like, you know, another crazy uh, Chilean Pilliam idea here. Uh, be sure to write this one down. Like, like an exhibition, not like a game, but maybe like a seven-on-seven seven or something for the public or, you know, some, like, line drills. That'd be kind of cool between, like, two non-con opponents. Like, they aren't going to play all year, more likely than not, with the playoff system, we don't know. But, like, I don't know. I'd be kind of down for that, you know? I think I'd like to kind of see something in the summer as well. I think it'd be kind of a fun, uh, interesting way to kind of get some reps. I mean, I know, you know, at least in high school when I played, you know, we kind of did that with schools we weren't going to play. We would, you know, go to seven-on-sevens, stuff like that. So that'd be kind of cool. You know, we get some uh, Kenneth Grant uh, post routes. So I kind of want that. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think it was like when Rich Rod was around, he suggested that there should be preseason games for college football and they should be played in the spring. The one um, time Rich Rod was cooking, he was cooking. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, every, if you think about it, every college sport has a preseason with exhibition games except football. Agreed. No, there shouldn't be one like that. That'd be really cool. I mean, you know, there's other like, I don't know, let's think of a program. We probably like, you know, scrimmage like you can scrimmage some really fun ones in like really cool locations, too. You don't have to stay at home either. I don't know. I, I think it'd be kind of a cool thing to do in the summer. It's not like they're doing much besides traveling anyways or, you know, practicing. So, you know, why not make a little experience out of it for the fans and, you know, for the players themselves? So I'm not saying it's got to be all time, but like, hey, you know, it'd be kind of fun to do like a seven on seven between like ex- exhibition game between some programs. If the NCAA would allow it, you know, just kind of throwing it out there. Honestly, if if it's just a seven on seven where you wouldn't be live or hitting or anything like no, that, yeah, I think yeah. you, I think you could include like even Division two schools like Wayne State and Grand Valley in it. That'd be awesome. That'd be really cool. Like a seven on seven tournament in the summer would be great. I mean, At I the think big that, house. Yeah, no, that'd be cool. Like that, like interstate except one. Uh, <laughs> of <all> yeah, the <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, we could we could do that. I think that'd be really cool. Like I think that'd be a really cool setup. And I don't know. Like I just feel like summer we're we're just kind of lagging some college football content. I mean, like the spring games are fun, and I watch just I watch all the ones for all the teams that uh you know are on my radar. So, but I I would kind of like to uh you know kind of get into a little summer uh, summer something you know a little, little summer fun. Yeah, I, absolutely. I, I, I definitely think you need to be in the NCAA's ear for sure on that one. Hey, this is hey, you know, like Ward Manuel when he when he's listening to the pod tonight, he's like, wow, this Pilliam guy, he's just a really, really intelligent, intelligent guy. Uh, maybe I should like uh, listen to him more. Just shoot, uh, shoot Ward an email. Give me a call, man. You have my number. You have my number. Don't worry. You got me. You know, just just if you ever need some, some advice, some creativity, I got you. All right, so uh, you guys got anything else on the spring game? Uh, no, I think we co- covered a lot of ground, really. That's a spring game. All right, spring game happened. So 
In other news, oh uh, <laughs> the hockey team yeah. is in the frozen four. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. So, yeah, uh, Michigan hockey wins an overtime game against Penn State to send them to the frozen four. You guys watch this game? Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah, we were there. No, I wasn't there, but like I was there spiritually. <laughs> yeah, that, that was wild. It was definitely. And then, I mean, got Thursday night here. Uh, up against Quinnipiac in the late game. Uh, it's going to be really exciting. Yeah, can't wait to watch that. And, um, yeah, just hoping hoping we got our stinker out of the way. It was a bit of a clunker for most of the game. I mean, the, the team played really well. The puck just wasn't going in the net. So, you know, Penn State gets their goal. Uh, it's, it's looking like it, it might end in heartbreak. And then, you know, Michigan gets the goal to tie. And then... Mackie Samuskevich with an absolute rope to uh, to win it. So, yeah, we gotta gotta beat the Bobcats again, just like last year. Yep, yep. I'm, anytime it's an overtime in the tournament, it's absolutely terrifying because one shot can is gonna end someone's season, and usually it's been ours in recent yeah. years. So, yeah. I know. Sorry, go I, ahead. Oh, it's, I just it, it, I kind of had had some hope when it was one one instead of two two going into overtime because three uh, two in overtime has always kind of haunted us in recent years. <laughs> yeah, it has. Uh, I mean, Michigan hockey's track record with overtime, especially in the in the playoffs, has been pretty disastrous the past ten or fifteen years. So it was nice to win one, and in such quick fashion too. Just fifty two seconds it took them to uh, to end it. So. Thank you, Mackie Samuskevich, for that. Um, kept you know, kept it down to a minimum. The heart, the heart rate, at least as far as overtime playoff NCAA hockey goes. Um, and yeah, it was, it was good to beat Penn State basically in a home game. So, hey guys. Yes. Uh, I'm like ninety percent confident we totally covered this on the last show. I get that we're avoiding the elephant in the room, but like I swear we. <laughs> We talked I'm about like, this on Spaces. We didn't talk. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Okay. That's, that's we haven't done a pod since. Uh, <laughs> okay. Since the all right. Okay. Oh, since the bracket. Oh, no, it has to be Caban. All right. Well, it was Cole, and then we did the bracket. So that was. Uh, oh, okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. I was like 100%. We have 100%. <laughs> we, we've talked about this on Spaces, but, you know, yeah, just, like, I'm just filibustering. Like, am I in a time warp right now? Like, what's <laughs> happening? I get that the basketball team stuff is bad, but my God, you guys don't need to act like it's not going on. <laughs> no, in case, in case anyone didn't listen to Spaces, uh, no worries. We yeah, had a, we had a uh, number talk one. The hell is a Quinnipiac? Uh, I don't even know what that is. It's not a state. I don't respect them. Uh, That's so true. Number two, uh, Penn State, LMAO, trash. Uh, you couldn't even beat us in your own court. <laughs> uh i mean yeah that was a really a stressful game uh all in all there's so many opportunities that we just blew that we should have won that game like two or three times over we we're the better team on the ice i, I that's just the way hockey is it's kind of random you know not the best teams don't always win so but i mean i thought like hey we were kind of the better team we outskated them all all game so the right team won you know the good guys won so i mean I, i'm looking forward to quinnipiac I, I think they're kind of overrated and trash and i don't believe in them but uh yeah i hope this doesn't make it over to Quinnip- quinnipiac twitter whatever that may look like. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I trust the Wolverines. And I think, I think this year's the year, you know, I believe I'm ready to be heard again. If anyone could stir up Quinnipiac Twitter, it's you, Pilliam. Hey, 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 it's better than, it's probably about the same size as Sooner Twitter. Oh, uh-oh. <laughs> that's well said. Yeah, that, that's, that is going to be fun when we play Oklahoma in a few years. 
Oh, I will be there. Let's let's take the Mbappe picture. That's gonna be me. I will be there no matter what. <laughs> Suna girls too is gonna lose her mind. Oh, dude, when she sees me, dude, she's gonna be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so yeah, there's also some basketball news. Hunter Dickinson <laughs> transferring <laughs> from the program. <laughs> um. So yeah, what's 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 the takeaway from this one? pretty pretty shocking um i for a while i didn't honestly believe it because it happened uh i mean how about this for a news cycle Jaden davis commits and then a few hours later uh our uh all, first team all big 10 center who's been here for three years is transferring um so i didn't believe it i thought it might be april fool's joke um but it's it's clearly it's not after Jawan released the statement um saying it was a bittersweet moment for hunter transfer i don't really get that but um yeah, that's that's a big loss. <laughs> There's no cut, cutting around it. it. It's it's pretty pretty jarring. Um, something else that's interesting is the reaction of some of the guys that are still on the team to the transfer, like Will Cheddar. Uh, he's been very vocal about uh, you know having guys doing doing it the right way the next year and giving them effort. So I kind of wonder if there were some problems in the locker room with Hunter here. Yeah. So. Um... Will Cheddar post the Instagram story of grass isn't always greener uh, and had, had some words to say uh, if, you know, if we only knew on Twitter. So, so yeah, it's uh kind of bodes, bodes the question. I don't, I don't think I'm using that word, right. Kind of begs the question that uh, what was going on in the, in the locker room um, with Hunter Dickinson. So try not to speculate too much, but uh, I wonder if, you know, the bittersweet Juwan Howard, he's not, doesn't strike me as someone to take a shot that way, but maybe it's a little sweet that he's leaving. I don't know <laughs> if that, if that's what he meant, that's, that's pretty savage. <laughs> yeah, I doubt it, but we're reading too far into it. Yeah. And then, I mean, we got also, you got Kobe. I mean, everyone kind of knew he was gone, but I mean, officially declared for the draft. Um, and I don't believe this is him going to be pulling back out. I think he's gone. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a it's a tough time uh, to be a Michigan basketball fan. You know, I've really uh kind of been thinking a little bit, and you know, when I really started like becoming like a Michigan fan, like, my my mom went there, but like you know, I was kind of young or whatever, wasn't too into sports until I kind of became a fan of sports. You know, in the early Beeline era, and then you know, quickly you know, became the dominant program that we were. It's really like the first time in my life that we might like really suck, and that's just such a weird uh feeling for me because like I was kind of like you know, kind of grown up on Michigan basketball, you know, so it's, it's a very strange, uh, uncharted waters for me personally with Michigan basketball. But I mean, as far as the news, uh, yeah, I was not expecting Hunter to leave. I, I think I was one of the most vocal people believing that he was going to stay this year. Um, as far as the rumors, uh, that he might've been a locker room cancer, uh, no idea. Uh, there's nothing, concrete about anything right now but it's a bunch of social media posting you know as much as you know twitter shots twitter uh uh you know it's it's kind of uh it's everything's kind of up in the air and i mean you know i i, I tweeted this out but i mean like hey if there was an actual culture issue at you know in the locker room whoever it may be um if it really takes you know a bad year for us to kind of figure things out and kind of get back get back on schedule where, where I think where I believe this program could be under Coach Howard. I, I'm okay with taking a step back and you know kind of bringing develop, developmental guys and guys that really want to buy in, you know. Because I mean, 
obviously Hunter had his antics and stuff like that. But I mean, you know, if it was causing active issues in the locker room, then like, you know, that was very detrimental to the program. Obviously there's no true evidence to support that as of right now. So I'm not going to lobby that charge. So everything's just kind of up in the air. And I, I mean, I, I think the one thing is certain right now, as, as, you know, as April 3rd, uh, 2023, this roster is not in big 10 competing shape at all. I think that's the one thing that's for certain. Um, so I, we've been hearing it, you know, coach Howard's been hitting the portal hard, which is exactly what I want to hear. Uh, you know, we're in the position that, you know, we could actually take transfers now with president Ono at the, at the helm. So, I mean, right now it's just happy hunting. We got to get everyone we can. Uh, we we're losing a lot. And I mean, there's a lot of talent in the portal. So, I mean, you know, teams, uh, in this modern day of college basketball and college football too, you can, uh, you know, you can turn it around incredibly quickly. Look at someone like a Tyson Walker at Michigan State, a transfer from Northeastern, who, you know, went from kind of being a no a nothing program to being at Michigan State, you know, a really elite program. So it's, uh, you know, we got to find the right kids and it can turn around really quickly. And I'm, I'm kind of hoping that happens. That's just the, the optimist in me. But uh, right now, uh, kind of a uh, kind of scary hours for Michigan basketball, which is a uh, saddening to say, I'll say. I mean, just to build on that with Hunter, where he might wind up, uh, there was a piece that came out about an hour ago from the Maryland 24-7 site, uh, and they just hired Hunter's coach from DeMatha, and the thought is that he could be winding up at Maryland. Oh, uh, my God. Which would be not ideal. And also, I mean, if he's coming back for his senior year, you got to th- – somewhere – uh, you got to think that, you know, he has that COVID year of eligibility, so he could have two more years somewhere. Can he just go to Georgetown and just <laughs> leave it alone? Yeah, that, that out of conference, please go out of conference. Yeah, like, I don't want to have to hate on Hunter Dickinson. And, like, it's going to happen because, I mean, you know how he is about his, you know, about his personality. It's, something will go down for sure if he's uh, if he plays for Maryland. And I, I, I hope it's not Maryland. I mean, I'd be cool with UBA or Georgetown because it seems like he's going to be going home. So, and he's not going to George Mason. He's not going to VCU. So, I mean, I, I, I ideally would hope it's Georgetown. You know, I mean, it, it kind of fits his kind of vibe. And, I mean, it's a school that's trying to get back to, you know, being a dominant program again. I mean, that'd be kind of cool. I mean, it's a beautiful campus. Trying to sell it to you, Hunter. Uh, they got <laughs> – it's a, it's a good school. <laughs> Please don't go to Maryland. <laughs> that'd be really awkward. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how, like – reputable this guy is he's just it's on the 24 7 site for maryland uh but at the end of the article it said that one reliable source said uh, dickinson could possibly return to michigan which i I don't i don't even know how you would even go about that at this point with all the (laughs) things that have been said no i think it could happen i mean yeah you're right i didn't consider the the shutter uh tweets the the shutter gate uh yeah i i don't know man i i think i think Prior, if the tweets never happened, I think there was a pretty strong likelihood that he would come back. But yeah, now I, now she bring that up, I, I agree. I think he's probably uh, well and gone. And I know uh, some, uh, some people are very excited about that. So you know, kind of sucks to see uh, Michigan basketball in the place it is right now. But I mean, hey, I still believe. So yeah, I mean, it is pretty getting pretty spooky for Michigan basketball right now. But uh, I mean, we did just have you know an all American basically in Hunter Dickinson and then Jet Howard and Kobe Bufkin uh turn it on and they still didn't make the tournament. So maybe this team did just kind of need a reset. I don't know if there was just too many cooks in the kitchen or what, but um something about that team last year just did not vibe. Uh obviously 
some young some young guard play some they were pretty young in spots um but yeah i think i think you know starting with the base of doug mcdaniel and terrace reed who if hunter goes to maryland will put hunter in a blender um you know i'm gonna delete that if if he doesn't but um yeah uh i think i think we have a good base to build around obviously the the roster as it stands is not constructed to compete in the big 10 but um yeah i mean you know Keep your head above water next year. Hopefully, uh, see some improvement out of those guys. Maybe get a transfer to uh, that to make an impact. And then, I guess you're hoping the year after that, you uh, some of the recruits that are coming in um, can play. Because, yeah, I mean George Washington, kind of a small recruiting class actually this year with George Washington and Papacante. So they need they need to uh, construct it in the transfer portal. And I mean, there's just like recently, I think a couple of days ago. Um, there's another guy in this 2023 class who's uncommitted that we are now pursuing. Uh, he's a shooter from California. He's got a very impressive offer list. Um, forgot his name. Let me just. Oh, his name's Brady Dunlap. So Great that name. could be another another guy who could be added to the to the class. And I mean, he's a he, he can he can shoot. So I mean, I'd be for it. He's got an offer from Kansas and Illinois, uh, a few other places. I mean, at this point, we don't really have the option to say no. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Would want, like a bunch of young players on the roster this year. I think that would really uh, serve, serve the team well and the program well going forward. Agree. And uh, yeah, I just want to reiterate Doug McDaniel's the truth. Terrace Reed has a bright future. Agreed. I think, you know, there's the pieces are in place. Yeah, yeah, it's well, not like, okay. Almost. Yeah, they're not Minnesota. Like, yeah. yeah, let's get it straight here. Like, it, it's not like DefCon Five. Like, you know, we we have Reed and we have Doug. That's all we need. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to say things can't get worse because they absolutely can. But oh, I mean, they, they can. Yeah, could could be a little addition by subtraction. We'll see. Hopefully, I mean, wishful thinking, but we'll see. Just looking through a couple years ago with that that recruiting class we had that was ranked number one for a while. I mean, the one with Musa and Caleb. Frankie Collins, Isaiah Barnes, Kobe Bufkin, all of those guys are gone. The only one left is Will Cheddar. I mean, that's just crazy. Yeah, I mean, so you just kind of get another guy in Kobe Bufkin who you had like a breakout month and then he's gone. So um, he, it kind of feels like a Jordan Poole trajectory where he just kind of blew up a little too much, a little too late. Um, but yeah, I mean, same thing with like Caleb Houston and Musa Diabate last year. You go through those freshman growing pains, don't really get to capitalize on them. Um, you know, uh, I don't. It's it's happened a lot with Juwan, so kind of unlucky when uh, guys blow up too quickly. Uh, Izzy Brasdegas was another one where you know you got one year of him. It's like I'd love to have another year, but yeah, it's how it is this, these days. So, I mean, I'm kind of over the McDonald's kids at this point. I, I mean, that was a it was an interesting experiment, but I'd rather have program guys. Completely agree, but I mean, you even look at like. Even going back to like Nick Stauskas or like Jordan Poole, like those were not guys that you expect to leave after two seasons. So agreed. Uh, yeah, even like Karis Levert, like even after kind of a third season where he was injured, like I don't know, Michigan basketball just seems to kind of be a little unlucky with having guys blow up a little too much. I mean, yeah, I mean it. And you know when a kid's like like a, like a uh, a program type of kid like when Dickinson first came in and people like were talking when he first started going off in twenty uh twenty twenty 
that, hey, you know, like it's he's going to go to the NBA. He's going to be incredible or whatever. It's like that guy's not going to the NBA. Like it's you can very clearly tell a kid that, you know, is ready and is not ready. You know, and like Jet was someone who was like, hey, pretty obvious. Like he's an NBA guy coming right out. Uh, some other guys, like a Doug, who's still a highly productive college player, a great athlete all the way around. And I'd say probably the, one of the more impactful players on the team just isn't an NBA guy yet. You know, or may never be. Uh, that's not to say he's not a bad, bad player at all. I mean, look at Jay Wright at Villanova. Won plenty of games just off of, you know, tons of gritty teams with like a Dante DiVincenzo thrown in there. And, you know, I don't want to remind anyone of that. A uh, little little PTSD uh, moment there. But uh, thanks for that. Like, that's how he built his team. You know, it was, it was just super gritty long-term guys. And that's how I think the program's going to be built going forward because I, I have seen the shift in recruiting, you know, philosophy with Coach Howard. So I I, I believe it. Like, I, I think I think we are trending more in that direction towards uh, developmental players. And then I think, honestly, I'm willing to give uh, Coach Howard more leeway, you know, with that than if he were to take more, you know, high-end, you know, five-star guys yeah i completely agree and it does feel like from what i've heard uh some people aren't too happy about george washington but uh he doesn't seem like a an nba prospect after like a year Those or two at least so <laughs> <That's exactly laughs> right. the red coats gotcha no, I'm just nicely done i'm sure that won't be the last one <laughs> uh, that's a pillium classic right there hanging up the hall of fame <laughs> All right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we got Namari Burnett. Uh, we've reached out to five-star Gonzaga guard Hunter Salis. So going after some five-stars, some former five-stars still. But, uh, yeah, hopefully we can supplement those with some program guys. And, yeah, I mean, Doug McDaniel, I'm excited to see what happens with him in the, over the next few years. All right. Do we have anything else to talk about? No, I think we pretty much covered all the bases for this this episode. Yeah, I think I think we're all done with this episode. Looking forward to the next couple. You know, I think soon. Uh, can I at least gauge the room publicly? You know, are we feeling some uh, some college football previews in the near future coming everyone's way? I think we can do that. Yeah, we got a long uh, off season. You know. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd be down for a little a uh, little rivalry watch. You know. I'm just saying we can do a rivalry watch episode. That'd be, that'd be fun. You know, get the chance to really air out our, our rivals. All right. Absolutely. Eventually do it. down the road. It doesn't have to even be the next one. This is no pressure on you. All right. I'm just saying. All right. I'll look into it. Okay. Yeah. Be, be sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get back with me and then we'll, we'll, we'll discuss. We'll elaborate. Right. I'll have my people hit up your people. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. Be sure to contact my agent. Yep. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, this has been Those Who Pod. Uh, don't have a title for this one yet, but yeah, hope you enjoyed it. And thank you again. Uh, talk to you guys next time. One more thing before we go. Take us out, WD. It has been 1,220 days and counting since Ohio State has beaten Michigan. It's a lot of days. Go Blue. Go, go Blue. blue.